0: Joy.
1: Well. Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show To Be With Mike G, the show of life, the show of Ken Loach, filmmaking, scotch, Japanese whiskey, and so much more. I'm going to apologize in advance. It took me so long to put out this great conversation with someone who we we all want to hear from. We want to learn more about his journey, Mr. Johnny Mundell from Bean Suntory. You've probably seen him at many different whiskey festivals talking about the amazing flavors of japanese whiskey he's had a very decorated life a very interesting path to get here and it's just lovely to talk to this guy his presentations are some of the best i've ever seen and in a sense make you uncomfortable he encourages you to participate he engages you in a way unlike anyone else i've ever seen in the whiskey industry and now you know behind the mic sitting down chatting with him it's just a humble generous very thought-provoking guy so Without further ado, I finally bring you this amazing conversation with Johnny Mundell of Beam Santor.
0: Oh well, my wife would say that I lied to her when we met. Um, we had a very interesting courtship. Given that I was hitchhiking across the US, yeah, and where her, are we talking, just so are my dad turned sixty in two thousand and four. We took him to New York to celebrate his his birthday. Yeah. So it's like the, his birthday's January first as well. Oh, so it's the fourth of January. I've got four days worth of clothes in a bag, and New York is on one of those like epic cold spells where they won't let you on the upstairs of the the tour bus. Yeah. They're like frostbite warning. And we're like. We're Scottish, it's okay, <laughs> and and not that people in Scotland can deal with temperature that cold. We're 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 just used to cold and wet, not not epic cold. Um, from there, some friends were going to go and work the Sundance Festival. Sundance, oh shit! Yeah, um, your, just real quick, any
1: affiliation with film or anything like that? I was
0: that so the? I was making at the time I was making a living any way I could, yeah. And I was making short films um as often as possible. Have I you have, s- no idea. have you sat down with Martin Deras? No. Uh Martin was the Highland Park ambassador for ten years. Yeah. And he and I made films together with one other guy. We were kinda like a he was director, I was producer. No, I had and, no idea. Well it, it, nobody knows because the films are no good and nobody Nobody's seen them beyond uh, like a couple of viewings in Glasgow and sometime in, in you know two thousand and one, two thousand and two. You know yeah.
1: So, well, I, all right. so we're going to absolutely but, get back to the hitchhiking but but a film guy who, who strikes you who, who's someone that kind of motivates you inspires you aesthetically at, in terms of film uh, Danny Boyle comes to mind yeah yeah
0: very much so he's he's had his ups and downs and I think that's the thing that is strongest about him for me it's the idea that he he realized what his, his limitations were sure. and I don't mean limitations in terms of his, his creativity right. I, I mean that if you take to throw Star Wars in but if you take the, the different Star Wars yeah. ideations that we've seen like arguably it was at its best when the world was against Lucas and nobody knew he was a genius yeah. and, and I would say the same thing for Peter Jackson frustrates me a little bit because you know he took something Lord of the Rings that I believed in so strongly as a kid through right. the books and he created the visual style but he, he didn't close the circle ah. so when he then goes to make King Kong it's like how many T-Rexes do you want fighting <laughs> The giant gorilla
1: (laughs) It's no Um, Yeah you're right There's there's
0: no limitations So Boyle Is this guy who For me went Here's unlimited budget Post all of his Acclaim and success Like post train spotting Like a life 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 Lifeless Lifeless Ordinary ordinary. Yeah with Ian McGregor And and he goes And then the beach And and he just goes strange, And he just goes Oh I'm really not good with this What (laughs) I need is I need a more defined box Yeah And yeah I definitely relate to
1: that it's like um, the rogue filmmakers working better when they have no budget and having to find places to shoot so, well, this is what we're doing right now, so actually.
0: that was my skill in, in the for our team, like this guy Ray wrote, Martin directed, and if you needed a if you needed a fishing boat on the yeah. top of a mountain in the Isle of Sky, I knew who and how to make that happen oh, that's amazing um is it and that was a
1: fixer? Is that what they're it was called? just a,
0: I was a, I was just hustling yeah. you know I just, that, it was, I, my title was producer but it wasn't there was no money so you weren't producing other than deciding <laughs> what kind of candy bar Martin wanted to keep him sustained right. through a night shoot um, so Boyle yeah definitely Boyle um, and I like how he's come back around and he's like really defined who and how he's going to tell the stories tight.
1: yeah like yeah. his movies are really really specific and very but, tight and like,
0: but I have to say probably my one of my favorite guys is Ken Loach
1: really? yeah I've I, seen Ken what's the one with uh, Roddy McDowell? Is that, that is one of his first ones, isn't it? Where the guy goes to the school and he starts shooting everybody at the end of the movie. It's a really old... It's I think it's his first movie. I think it's Kenilich's first movie, but... I... Not like Kez it, is the one. I'm Kez
0: is the right. one. Yeah, Kez yeah. is the one. Um, For me, the one that spoke to me. The, the one that where I, I kind of discovered him was Sweet 16. I'm not um, familiar. It's good. It's uh, set in either Greenock or Guruk. I think it's Guruk. But either way, yeah. both towns are on the estuary west of Glasgow. <gasps> okay. The mouth of River Clyde they're both a lot of poverty a lot of drugs life's life's tough yeah. and i remember watching it in so we you know we start looking at the end of the the road trip across the country i yeah. find myself in in california my uncle's sofa and i'm watching sweet 16 with this girl that i've met and she'll become my wife and but sweet 16's on the television with subtitles and it's just <laughs> like Whoa. yeah it makes perfect sense because the act that from them bro. that accent is so intense and so yeah. broad. um but I, I don't have I really don't have favorites Like when When I was pursuing that I, I just had a I always had a policy Of go and see every movie
1: Yeah That's um, amazing go I love and see that.
0: everything. You see every one Because even Even a like Even a freaking Transformers movie Yeah You might see a way Something was done And go that was Like I've watched I've walked out of Horrible movies going Like and written Extensively yeah. about what How something came together Sure um, So it's not It's not really about favorites As much as I, I just like the art form I like I like telling stories, and the trouble I had with it was you need so many people yeah. involved, like and, and so much money, and it's it, it's exhausting. Sure. Um, got interested in dom- documentary uh, and pursued that for a while, um, but the problem is where do you close the loop? So one one side you've got hey here's the story we're trying to tell. Yeah, you've got to get like forty people in line, all working for free, keep them motivated. Right, a lot of fun but exhausting, and then you go well. Documentary in real life, and there's so many great stories. And this was before all those great documentaries. Like it was before Michael Moore had his first success.
1: Sure, but then Blue Line was out, right? So, so oh, oh, what's his name? Errol Morris had had stuff coming out. Do you, are you familiar with No? That? I'm not I'm gonna. Is, so for us in the states, he's the quintessential Orson Welles of documentary filmmaking. Okay. He's the guy. So he made Sh- Fogs of War. He made Thin Blue Line. Just an interesting, interesting mm-hmm. guy. But yeah, it's a hard thing to close those off
0: how do you close right. the circle
1: of the story did you watch The Keepers at all on yep. Netflix no nope. worth watching doesn't close off Great 8 episodes like, yes we're gonna get to we're getting down to the root of this fucking problem nope leaves you leaves you hanging mm-hmm. after 8 episodes and then the, there's no season 2 this happened in the 60s these murders right it's very frustrating so does it become unfulfilling in a sense for you
0: I don't know I just um, I got pregnant <laughs> so <laughs> we. sorry we got pregnant she got pregnant <laughs> um and life changed yeah um a lot of gaps a lot of gaps in the story but um storytelling was something i was always really interested in yeah which is cool given what i'm doing for a living
1: i think so because you're having to in a way and we'll circle back of course to this whiskey chapter i'm gonna talk about film a little bit more in a moment but you're a spokesman in a sense to bring us you're a conduit to japan if you think about it, you're you're kind of this guy that's traveling around and saying, obviously I'm not Japanese, I'm not diminutive, hell, if I even have a short and kind of quiet voice, but I've got to bring this story to you guys.
0: Yeah, I also think um, my point of view from being a non-American who's yeah. come, settled, built a life. I'm came out in two thousand and four. And I've been living full time in the in California since two thousand end of two thousand and five. Wow. So I've I've had the time and the opportunity to like not only get to under there's so many there's so many cultures in America. Right. But if you just take Los Angeles as an example, like learning and figuring out Los Angeles and, and falling deeply in love with it has been its own journey. Mm. So I think I've got that eye where I'm always looking to try and understand a place through its geography, through its um, architecture through its people
1: through a lens of a non-objective non-subjective and non-judgmental guy if you think about it right you're capturing this culture as a man who's holding a camera in a way you're just observing right
0: yeah sans sans the camera i'm not i'm not <laughs>
1: not literally the camera yeah. right but in a sense like always a a man that's kind of creating a frame
0: yeah i, I, I mean okay. that could be yeah i he, can no I, I can accept it. we're not good with compliments scottish people oh, in general right. yeah
1: You're Um, terrible. How dare you be bad at cops? It's been, no, it's it's one (laughs) of those
0: funny things. I've had to like focus. When somebody says you like something's really good, it's almost like I have to turn a switch. Like I'm turning a wheel, like a pressure valve, going, say thank you. The first thing you got to do is say thank you because our go to is you're wrong. And if somebody says something positive, complimentary, and you tell them they're wrong, you devalue their opinion. So I've got to like, I have got to like every day like twist this valve to say, Thank you very much for the call. There's a fellow
1: Scotsman who I've talked and He was talking about how people are really brutal and blunt with each other in Scotland. Those pants look like shit. What are you doing? Right? Like, why would you put that shirt with those shoes? I mean, they're so blunt. But not to be mean, but maybe to be frank and improve
0: you were, you were talking to a Scotsman and you got straight to how pants fit on him. On,
1: on him. <laughs> now, believe me, it took about 15 minutes. but <laughs> It was still a journey of some were his, sort. Were his
0: pants consistently too tight? Well,
1: he, no, he's, he's fine, but we were talking about fashion at large okay. and then that became a conversation I didn't realize how succinct and how perhaps brux, brusque the Scots are. Yeah,
0: we do. Um, so as we look at, like, we try and link that all together for the Japanese. I, I wrestled with who I was uh, for the first year, and I felt the need to change because I had come through the ranks with the House of Suntory. and mm-hmm. worked for them uh, since. I'm struggling to pull the. I'm, I'm struggling to pull early the year out. two thousands. No, no, no. Much, much later. I think okay. it was. Um, I want to say eleven, but it could have been ten. I, I think it was two thousand, early two thousand eleven, and I worked through their importer and worked across a number of different whiskies, but had Suntory's Scotch Whiskey Book. Yeah. And ultimately that became our responsibility. So we had a, we definitely had a familiarity and Scotch is noisy. Like there's tons ton of Scotch ambassadors out sure. there, especially at that time. And you felt the need to just go in and be the most Scottish. Yeah. Um, I always try and tailored it to the idea of focusing on who's your master distiller. You're their, you're their representative. Right my master distiller at the time was ian mccallum who's been an amazing incredible generous mentor yeah um and he will cringe at anything positive i say about <laughs> him and i love doing it in front of an audience it's not there's no reward doing it here right now sure, but sure. in front of an audience if we're co-presenting like talking about what his mentorship and and, and like his kindness means what and watch been- it when you see his face react to that it's pure poetry oh it's amazing um
1: so something like a wince i suppose oh yeah he
0: just it, we, we we hate it yeah. so it's like almost taking points off each other by being kind and positive about yeah. the other one
1: so, Wait, so actually real quick so you're a father of three girls three daughters three daughters how do you do you would you want them to be able to accept compliments and feel that kind of yeah positivity? no i think you
0: i think you need to learn how to you, you absolutely need to learn how to do it yeah as, as a scott it's it's really tough though
1: so strange um, no, or it's not strange it's just different right we're we're fucking jerking each other off on the streets. Oh, you're so great. You did this, this, and this. When we didn't really even earn it. And you guys are on the other side of that. Where it's like.
0: I think if I go back in time to what I thought of America back then versus now, there's a, an impression. And, and again, you're, unfortunately, your impression is made up from the two or three people that you have experience of, right? Right. But there's an impression that there's a positivity, great. Yeah. Um, there's a can do spirit, absolutely fantastic but it can bubble over into insincerity sure for us now having lived here um i don't i don't find that anymore it's like any place you just met that one person that has that right right and my opinion is is broadly that we have all kinds of people in all kinds of places it just depends on where you find yourself in any given day and sure. the the mix of people that you meet is could be anyone of any different direction right it's almost we, random in some yeah. sense
1: The thing that I was kind of looking at when I was researching a bit and seeing your academic upbringing. Academic upbringing? (laughs) Horticulture? Is that really like plant sciences? Did you study that for a bit? Yeah, and... um... But I don't understand how that turns into either filmmaking and or a whiskey guy.
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense, We're actually. We're both
1: confused, right? I'm just making sure. I'm confused. You have a look on your I, face. I, it's I, like, what the fuck?
0: I have a look <laughs> on my face going, I'm trying to remember if I've said that to anyone or where that would be.
1: Oh, I can't tell you now.
0: Um, interesting. Did you um, have
1: a, an interest in the land? How about that?
0: Yeah, I grew up on a farm. A uh, sheep farm, uh, southwest Scotland, half an hour from Glasgow. Went to school in Glasgow, so I had to deal with that dynamic of a very um like polar extremes of like farm and land metropolitan, versus, right? versus it wasn't much the metropolitan it was the mindset of the people and yeah. um like I went I went to by any standard I went to a really good school yeah um and I hated it I had a horrible negative experience there ultimately
1: what, what was so bad about it um
0: um i have uh in my early life i, I would, you know when there's a choice and the choice is really obvious uh-huh and most times you would choose just choose the least resistance and, and the way to fit make in make it easy right yeah um you know from that uh from the age of like twelve thirteen yeah right when right when <laughs> things are getting tough um I didn't make choices that allowed me to fit in i always would find the choice that would in some way like isolate me yeah make um, you an outsider um i don't know that it was it wasn't some random outsider thing but it was like you know i i had a really tough time at school yeah i suffered mercilessly at the hands of some bullies and instead of taking the choice that could have removed me from that i always like seemed to just like head prod, on pred on
1: yeah but you must um, have been—I mean, you're a real tall guy. You, uh, that yeah.
0: was—that happened in my last year of school.
1: Oh no, shit! So you're small until you're big, big enough not to be able to beat the shit out of him anymore.
0: It's—it's it's not about beating a shit. First of all, you have to understand the dynamic of the, the dynamic of the school. It was an all boys school. Okay. So I'm I'm living a rural upbringing on a sheep farm southwest of Scotland. Yeah. And I'm going to a boys only school, in the west end of Glasgow, that up until. What you would call so primary six for us would be seventh grade for you guys because you take the kindergarten year, Mm -hmm. add it on. And um, up until that point, or would it be fifth grade? Am I going the wrong way?
1: Either way. But I get the general sense. Somebody will
0: figure it out. You're wearing knee high socks, Uh shorts, a blue blazer, and a little cap. And you're wearing that every month of the the year. It's the uniform, right? It's the uniform. So the bigger kids have got these like nylon like school color striped scarves. They're mixing them around in slush and, and cold, wet water and they're oh. like flick. And it's just it's not like that, um, you know, it's not like you hear it in like the boarding school version right, where right. there's like boys getting held over fires and all the hazing stuff happens there. But it's a very um it was an all male oppressive, very negative, dark environment. Oh, that's crazy, I didn't um, think about that. And in my final year I came in to start school roughly the size that you see me today which yeah. is you know I'm
1: you're a force to be reckoned with I uh, I, th- I think physically I wouldn't get into an altercation with you it'd be foolish of me
0: well I'm not a good fighter
1: still you got weight on me you got reach I, I'm <laughs>
0: I, I'm I'm incredibly effective in a in an altercation that involves one person hurting another yeah and I can I can Break sure that um, I'm absolutely ineffective. If I lose my temper to the point of anger and yeah. want to physically hurt someone, I am the most ineffective lumbering beast.
1: You just see red, and I, it's not like well, it's not that you
0: see red. It's just that you're just I'm not I'm not effective. I'm not I'm not coordinated in I a see. aggressive way. Yeah. So if my physicality's got taught me one thing, it's like I'm really good. If somebody's getting hurt, like if Somebody pulls an axe. Like, I've been in the distance that we're sitting today. Sure. I've been in a bar, and uh, this girl jumped over the top of me and started banging another girl's head on the table. And we were in a very nice part of town, not the kind of part you would expect this. Yeah. So, me and a gentleman called Steve stood up, and we kind of walked this girl to the door to the point where we found that she was with a gentleman, and Steve was being clawed face back head oh, man. by the girl and i'm facing a gentleman exactly the distance i'm sitting from you here right now and he was the size difference between the two of us and he reaches his hand behind his back and he pulls out an axe
1: what the fuck a little hatchet
0: uh, like a like if you were splitting woods yes, but yeah, like yeah. a like a four inch blade okay with a heavy handle um and he goes so he's got the hand in front of him so you put your fist in front of with me with right, like this right. okay yeah Alright, okay and he goes, I've got the distance from putting your fist extended in front of you to bring it back. Sure. To make a decision. And my first decision is, I'm going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> right? This, this is not a good place to right, be. Right, right. Um, let's remove myself from the cramped conditions of the entrance to this bar. But I'm like, Steve's got his back to him. And Steve's fighting what may or may not be this person's significant Girlfriend, other. Or whatever,
1: yeah.
0: And, um... You have to go. What am I going to do? And in the split second he goes to there, I go. There's only one way to go, and I have to go forward. Absolutely. I have to, and I and I played rugby, so I was used to taking a hit, and yeah, I I bludgeoned him to the ground with my shoulder, and laid him out, and uh, somebody came in and kicked the axe away, and that was the end of it. But it's not a. Yeah, look, I'm big. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty strong, but it's. I think aggression's a thing that needs to be—it's mental. Everything yeah. is mental. It has to be driven. Like it's—it's it's one thing having a, like a big vehicle to drive through a wall. If I know that I have no choice, I'm right. going to drive my body through that guy to stop Steve getting axed. Right. right. But it doesn't work when I—if I was ever wanting to do it for another reason, like just for, uh, you know, aggression or yeah, negativity. Yeah. So I'm not. Um, my physicality is a really funny thing. I don't think of myself as being that big. We're sitting here, and we're right, Luke, right. We feel the same yeah, size, okay. and I'm I'm looking out. I'm not, you know. I still catch myself today. You see photographs, and you're like, oh wow, well, I'm bigger than everybody else in the photograph. And I'm not that big for anyone that's going. What how big is this guy? I'm only I'm only, I'm six four and a half. Yeah, and I'm I'm you know I float between two two twenty eight, and and right now I'm sitting at two forty four. But that's lack of mobility and sure. my
1: um, the beard's at least five pounds yeah so it's a, de- it's a dense beard talking about being resilient to cold well that's that beard
0: I, Um, so i was never interested in fashion but i used to do lots of crazy <laughs> things with my hair and when yeah. the hair falls out the top you feel the need to start doing something with the only sure. part that you
1: have how is it uh, were you you know i think about so at what point right so you do the the boy school thing which is a kind of a little bit of a foreign concept in the states there's catholic schools. Catholic the girl schools, which is mm-hmm. an amazing prototypical fantasy for most males here. So that's a good thing, but there's not a lot of boy schools necessarily. Mm-hmm. So getting off and going, be able to go into the the uni in Glasgow, how'd that feel? Pretty good. So, Wheels are off.
0: So this is where we bring back in the horticulture. Yeah. So I'd finished um, I finished school. I had um, let's just say that I had uh, made peace with my bullies yeah. in a way that they weren't going to fuck with me anymore.
1: Um we had a I want to see the book on that. I want had, to read that's that a story. that's
0: a longer that's a longer story. Um sure. we've had enough violence stories, but that was No, but I like
1: there's some that, there's some
0: resolution there. It's one of three it's one of three fights I've ever had in my life that didn't happen on a rugby pitch as part of a contest. Wow. Um but it it stopped uh it stopped people messing with me. Mm. It it eliminated it, which was was a relief. Um and it set me up to go to college, and at college I just didn't know who i was or what i wanted to do and in, in retrospect I, I often think i should have gone um joined the merchant navy and just travel the world in mm-hmm. some way like you know i like the fraternity that you get from working on a project together which if we link back in the film thing that yeah. idea of you got a team of people or you know I think i've always liked teams team sports sure. like you know i like community yeah. like working with a bunch of people
1: was there um, any pressure from the folks at all to do one thing or another?
0: No, there really there really wasn't. They were great in that way. Um, they wanted... I, I think there was, there was pressure in that they didn't know... They didn't know if I was going to figure it out and they were worried. I see. Excuse me a second. <coughs> <coughs> they really didn't have that dialed in. Yeah. So... Um, and I didn't have it dialed in. In the process of the last five years of my, my schooling, my dad had, um, the farm was declining. So there's an added pressure that my parents are spending a lot of money for me to go to this school right. and I'm hating it. And um, I don't think the school environment would have changed. I think it was something I just, at that age I was going through. Yeah. I was I was very much, um, I was a target wherever, whatever situation I've so I to put myself yeah. in. So dad had started a landscaping business and kind of ran it in conjunction with a farm. By yeah. the time I was finishing school, he'd gone full scale. It, it was a huge hit, massive success. Oh, great! So he's got this landscaping business, um, but then, um, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll go and study horticulture. I like the outdoors. Yeah. Um, I used to talk a lot about this in the in the Scotch world. I talk about a lot about the the geography and the seasonality of Scotland. Yeah. Like you guys are so used to. Wherever part of your state you're in, you're very used to the differences in light level between summer and winter. Right. Right. Yeah. Los Angeles, one of the things that took adjusting for me is that it doesn't fluctuate as much. It like it's dark by five o'clock right now. Right. You know, maybe it'll go to almost eight o'clock in the summer, but that's it. Yeah. Where I live in Scotland, we're on the same latitude as Southern Alaska and Moscow.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay.
0: No, we don't have the depth of temperature that they both those places would have in your right. imagination. Because all the warm weather in the Gulf. Gulf stream fires diagonally across the Atlantic, and it warms our country. So if you think about all the Scandinavian countries and the sun and the snow that they live in and yeah. the, that, that idyllic Arctic Arctic lifestyle, sure. we don't have that. We just have this wet cloud of, of oppressive, damp rain. <laughs> but in the summer, the sun doesn't set till you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, so it's actually quite bright. I didn't realize that. So we have this mad summer. So it's always brought me into summers where... And wanting to be at my parents' farm, no matter what I was doing in life, like I would find myself staying at the farm and, and living that kind of life. Yeah. In the winter, you you lose the sunshine. So for me, it was like, okay, the sun's gone. You need to go to the fireside. So the fireside then brought you into the towns and the cities, and you would go to bars and clubs, and, right. and you would just come together with people. Now, whether there was a fire you were sitting around or not, you were just with a group of people. Mm and it was dark and cold and miserable outside and it didn't matter because you found your energy from that that community sure so summers outdoors get away from it
1: yeah cuz it's like it creates your family and it's up the, the light outside the and all of that winters
0: were like bar like just get deep it, into the
1: do you develop a complex being so having this duality i would drive i would drive me nuts i think it,
0: i think it does i think we're great until so in the winter you're talking about sun is down by three thirty, and I mean, I don't mean like the the glow in the sky. I mean right. pitch black by three thirty. Wow! I remember every day leaving school to get the bus, to then get the train, to then get picked up, to driven back to the farm, and it was like an hour and a half long yeah. journey to get home every day. And by the time you were halfway between the school and the train station, it's pitch black.
1: Gone. Wow! It's cr- I had no um, idea.
0: And then in the morning, you're coming in on a train, and the sun is not coming up until nine o'clock in the morning.
1: It's only, what, is it six hours? Something like that. That's and if it's crazy. raining
0: the whole day, if it's cloudy, nothing. So that energy and experience that you supplement as a, a, a post-18-year-old in Glasgow, Yeah. Uh, you supplement the, the lack of light for people. Interesting. You then find yourself going hard until <laughs> New Year's Eve. Yeah. The biggest night of the year in Scotland is, 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 um, is Hogmanay, is uh, 31st of December. Really? Massive party. And immediately after that, nobody has any money. And it's a long road through January, February, and March. Yeah. And it really takes until the leaves, you start watching the leaves swell on the trees. Mm. And it's not just the leaves bursting out. You can actually start to, you look at the crown of a tree, and you start seeing it gets hazier towards the tips. And yeah. that's the, that the buds swelling on trees, and different tree species will, will, they'll start to bud at a different times. Right. I remember an ash tree in my parents' garden, it was always the last tree. So like everyone else would be in bright full green bloom, right? Yeah, yeah. Leaves everywhere. And this ash tree, those black tip buds on an ash would just be getting like the size of a like a quarter inch, half inch. Um, but symbol. And the they would it was, it was always the last tree to burst out. So for me that that period, that like first quarter of the year when yeah. The world that, like the land, is going through this transformation. Okay, you're waiting on spring. Yeah, and the energy that spring is going to bring—the flowers, like the just that like burst of life—and it all is tied into the ratio of light to dark through the day. That's what's going to be the trigger for all the plants to, to
1: to bud. So I can see the horticultural. So that coming through and the being of interest
0: yeah so and and it was interesting it's definitely an interest for my dad he's he's really talented in terms of um shapes and space and how to how to make a space flow in terms of the lines and that's something I, i think i've gotten from him um he's very quiet yeah he's not uh he's not much of a communicator really he uh finds it easier at all times to just do it himself yeah um and that was a definite contention because when you're watching your dad running a team of, of guys and, yeah. and, and not communicating, um, I, I wrestle with the idea of whether I'm a good communicator or not, even now.
1: Even though that's your job, in a sense, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I know, I'm, I know I'm really good at throwing out information. Right. Like, communication is, is two-way. Sure. And I think a big part of what I try and do when I'm presenting is is to take in from the audience... To translate it's like a reciprocal and then, kind of thing. Yeah, I am right, yeah. trying to create you've been to one yeah, event that I've yeah, done. I was, I liked it a I'm lot. trying to I'm trying to create a, a, a flow between me and Great. the audience. Um but you know, true communication is listening listening is more than you speak, right? Right. And I I don't know that I'm always I, I think my wife would agree with that. She's I'm probably not as good as I think I am.
1: Yeah.
0: Um my mother is a, 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 an amazing woman, a doer, I get things done kind of person. Um, but she's also a talker, so
1: it 's So real quick, be, I'm revisiting the '60s as these amazing lights, as they set up for this Glenn Livid event behind you. It's I, actually amazing. I don't think you I don't think lid.
0: anybody could imagine that through my words, I was getting different colored lights flashed right <laughs> in my eyes as <laughs> we were talking.
1: There was a green, there was a pink, there was a yellow, and a blue. Actually, it's quite astonishing. If they do it again, I'm taking a picture because it's cool. really a riveting picture of you <laughs> back in this psychedelic almost. 60s esque era. I did attend one of your education seminars, and you are a very commanding force in the room. You demand maybe too strong of a word, but you demand interaction, you demand feedback. It is unsettling in the best possible way. You're like a professor. knows exactly which student is putting their head on the table and you will not have that shit is that intentional for you
0: yes totally um we're in a world right now and and looking at your catalog of work there are thousands of brand ambassadors in this country yes when i started in the business there was a lot of scotch ambassadors
1: yeah
0: and the whiskey industry and the cocktail industry were very separate I've watched the fusion of both worlds. I've watched everybody take everybody very seriously. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the way it was. There were very few Scotch whiskey people working with the cocktail community. Yeah. In 2011. It was it was remote and distant. There's a uh, an audience of whiskey collectors. Um, this still needs to be serviced. Right. And in some ways, I think brands are very focused right now on chasing the new audience. Sure. And they do. Where the money's at? Yeah. Well, the yeah, it is where the money's at. But you know what? When the when the cycle changes, the the people that were there before Mm -hmm. will still be the ones that are there, and Mm -hmm. they will remember. So I think you have to do both, and you have to take care of both audiences.
1: I'm gonna go a little deep here for a second, or self-proclaimed deep. You've got some power in these rooms when you are educating, talking about the fine whiskies of Japan. Of Centurion beam, you're the you're the controlling the dynamic. You're the maestro, and it gives you this power. Maybe that you've reclaimed in fucking dealing with those bullies, right? I mean, you yep. you now are in control. It's kind of a, a nice change of pace, I'd imagine. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Perhaps it's
0: um I I, I wouldn't have made the association through all the way back to school. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 won't, I won't argue. No, I, I couldn't argue your point. It's definitely, you know, when I'm looking at what was going on, like I'm saying when I started, Scotch was busy. Yeah. Okay. And I was, I was a raw kid. I had a few people in the industry. You bring me into that circle. So, on the one hand, you and I met at a more traditional whiskey right. tasting event. Sure. But on the second hand, we're sitting at a cocktail conference right now. Yeah. So, this is for me the, a recent fusion. Sure. Where both worlds are, are talking to each other, and you transcend both worlds, and I think so do I. Absolutely. Um, scotch whiskey had a hard time. It's been a bumpy road for them. They're late to that. Even though, if you look at brands or whiskey or categories of spirits, yeah. the number of ambassadors working on that category, scotch is scotch is kind of stable. Yeah. There's probably a few more right now, but it hasn't seen the. The dramatic spike in growth because we always had the need to go out and
1: it was already tell- popular yeah. ultimately right it's but not well, mezcal it, right? right. it
0: wasn't about the popularity but it was like every brand needed that person out telling their story right okay and the, and the whiskey makers are too busy now yep. they're making the whiskey so this category has, has thrived it used right. to be just retired people from the distillery that were sent out now it's, it's an active job yep. there's you know each brand all the big brands have two or three across yeah. the country
1: different personalities different heights different yep. backgrounds Scots. Yep. Non-scot- I mean, it's all a big mix. It's very yeah. interesting to see these guys touring through.
0: So, it, but it's but it was always not for me. It was always noisy. So, what I saw the most was here are the three unique selling points of my brand. Yeah. Now I never had one brand to focus on. So how do you come in with um, a brand like Auchentoshan and say here are the three unique selling points of Auchentoshan? Right. And say that's what makes the whiskey so great. When then you have Bowmore, and Glengiri... And Glenn Rothis and Glenn Grant and those three points for one are not gonna jive. Yeah. So I started off by doing portfolio edu- not started, but I, I really got dialed into doing portfolio education. And at the time that was where I found my bridge to the cocktail community, because they wanted to know more. And there was all these like there was there was so many um, misunderstandings. Yeah. And I found a I found myself just driven to going Let's just create a footprint that helps you understand right. the whole thing, and you can insert your scotch that you like. And, and to fulfill my purpose for my company, because I was the person that led you on this journey, maybe there's gonna be some kind of favorability for my brand on the back end, right? Because right, right, right. ultimately, it's a, it's a job. I'm trying to promote these brands. But I did it by going category education. And I realized that if you're gonna go category education, you can't just go, this is what I think. You have to read the room. You have to go around the room and get dialed in and get a sense of who are you, Mike? What do you know? And it it doesn't matter if you're you could like Scotch, you could like a style of Scotch, you could hate Scotch. Yeah. If you can give me something that you I I watch and I feel when people are talking. Yeah. And when they light up the way you've seen me go up and down and look you've you've triggered a couple of things in me that we don't talk about on a daily basis and you're you know, you're prodding them because you see the reactions in my face. I'm doing the same thing Wait, with so an audience. Wait, so you're doing it to me? No, I'm I can't do this it. To you. I'm
1: putting this hood on, Johnny, because I can't.
0: <laughs> but when I'm when you're talking about that presentation, yeah. for me, it's really important to build that that. Why do we drink? Why do we go and do these tastings? Yeah. Is it to understand the product? Because that's really not that interesting. You could find that information on the internet. Now. Sure. We go to these things to connect with other people. Yeah. So for me, the whiskey has always been secondary to creating a common feeling like a mood within the room Yeah. so when I am being controlling and demanding of an audience it's with the intention of trying to get them to open up a little bit yeah. to help them make connections um, Whiskey Fest is one of the most established things that we do in terms of that big tasting room and then those master classes you right. can't think of a more sterile environment in terms of a classroom in a ballroom in a hotel somewhere in America right Right. Right when you can take that room and turn that around and make them make connections. And I've got lots of little tricks I've learned over the years that I do it, but I still do the same thing that I did in that space where you saw me, where I, I, I'm trying to break down barriers and get them to open up each each other. And yes, I need to be, you know, I remember, I remember in one of my classes at school, we class called modern studies, just like kind of politics, boring studies, modern studies, (laughs) politics, current affairs, (laughs) and I remember um, I remember a quote from somebody that I don't remember the name of I remember them saying democracy is a really bad system of government Mm. trouble is there's nothing better okay when you get in these situations you need a leader you need a guide sure you know you can't have if we're going to sit around and taste 10 whiskeys and go on a journey to try and understand some concepts that have some weight and history behind them we have to create some kind of authority and yeah I, I, I don't
1: you're well, the director I, in the, that room you know what i mean you are well, setting those actors or these consumers
0: well that's my school i i do a school play version now as well where yeah. i will actually assign roles yes. and give give people characters you build a tree i build of the trees people. i yeah. i used to throw giant maps on the floor yeah um I used to run stills that's amazing um uh anything to learn through non-monotony and auditory Right. like tactile things like I don't like even the visuals like I, I don't like PowerPoint as a medium um, I'm not efficient in how I use it like yeah. the best PowerPoint people are ones that can put an image but the the dialogue the, the words are never on the image
1: exactly yes. and I'm,
0: I'm not good enough at that I'm better at painting the same image with words yeah. than I am with sync it, it, I can't sync up the images to the words because the words are different every time Sure, i'm reacting to the room and reading the people and i find that more powerful absolutely for the audience as well as for myself
1: so the it begs the question then why whiskey it's a lovely category many different types but for you what resonated how did you connect with whiskey itself
0: i think you i I asked that question that's usually how i'll begin like where did you where did you make a connection not what right. do you think is the favorite or the coolest right
1: right but the, the, how did you find a piece of yourself in whiskey because that's ultimately what you wouldn't do it if well, it, it wasn't any any,
0: s- any spirit reflects the the people on the right. lines yeah. where it comes from like with scotch i would talk a lot about the the history and the heritage yeah um they're trying to make whiskey reflecting their teacher and the person that made the whiskey before them yeah so i'm from that land i know that place Uh, i've got family from um the most of my my dad grew up on the mainland just next to isla yeah my cousin uh cousins live on isla so i've got a huge connection to that side of the business through them um the place the spirit itself was was late like i remember taking bottles of drambui to parties when i was 15 (laughs) <laughs> because you know, fundamentally, it's, it's a bunch of sugar and sure. a little bit of whiskey. It's pretty good. But it, yeah, it's too sweet for me now. Yeah. But at the time, it was like this is great, and it was it was obscure enough, and it probably wasn't that any different from the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty or whatever. A
1: little more w- w- sophisticated, perhaps. Well, but, yeah. But you're right, and okay. it's not blue.
0: Remember, I went to an old boy's school. I was ah, I was yeah. finding very hard to like establish how to be sophisticated in front of a lady. Yeah. Um. Very late to that. So me
1: too, actually. I don't know how I've been married twice, I really don't
0: <laughs> well you're braver than me because I'm not doing it twice <laughs> i uh went from there to not drinking for a long time, took rugby really seriously yeah. so from I gave up drinking at seventeen really um, which is I know ironic given the legalized drinking laws sure, yeah. of eighteen in the u k but i'm I gave up when I was seventeen.
1: I hope you get the blue behind me too. I mean yep. this is an amazing piece. I wish people could see the. You look really good under blue light. I'm just Thank telling you. you right now, it looks quite wonderful.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> you need to go behind there. Well, you want me to shush or you're you're whispering. You may as well talk, dude. You're, no, you're it's here. you by this. You can join us. You need to get back. What's right? your, hold on. Yeah, We're gonna have to, what, What's your name? My name is Steven Reyna. All right, Stephen Reyna. Stephen, get over here and
1: yeah, um, obviously we have lots in common. Can I can place, place this light for you, Steven? Oh, that'd be amazing. It's a bustling place here at the San Antonio Cocktail Conference 2018. How's that? Is that yeah, good? Enjoy your guys. Oh Hi man, friends. you look amazing now. I gotta take a picture of this. There you go. What are you guys prepping good. for, Steven? Uh, it's the, uh, it's a, co- a cocktail
0: conference. Well, we're, we're here for attending, but specifically, you're throwing blue, pink, and purple oh, we'll lights up see all around this room. Interesting. Uh, there's a green room downstairs, there's a red room, there's a blue room. We're in the blue room, I'm assuming. A blue room. Okay
1: no other room i'd rather be in to be honest okay. blue is my color <laughs> absolutely is but it Stephen, looks
0: good steven will you come and join me
1: oh look at that we gonna be photographing even rain yeah amazing guy. thanks thank again. you
0: cheers. cheers um okay train of thought went out the window Where no but it's
1: we? okay because we got blue lights we've been drinking cognac i mean honestly there's no better way to spend an afternoon with you cheers can you think about that there's, there's no better way we could be walking that's a good point it's hard to record and walk you ever try that no real <laughs> exceedingly mm. difficult but ultimately scotch pays homage to your homeland you are very interested in i mean you've painted an amazing landscape yeah. of scotland for me you, too
0: you asked me why yeah why why scotch it's 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 the spirit that reflects where i come from yeah and that's the beginning that's the entry point sure and i think there was um uh, there was a time and place where a lot of uh, spokespeople, salespeople, ambassadors yeah. were subconscious, self-conscious if they if they weren't Scottish and working on the brand. I would hear people apologise for it. So I find myself with our importer, and they have a bourbon, and we have one bourbon, and then suddenly we have two bourbons that I'm responsible for, and I do remember a fear about that. Really, I remember talking to a couple of people that had uh, I trusted, and they were like. Johnny, you love whiskey, right? And I was like, yeah, I really love whiskey. And learning about Kentucky and bourbon yeah. was pushing me beyond what I knew. So when I, when I started full-time on the Scotches, I'd already worked for Billy Grant. i right. worked for Edrington. Um, so I worked on the big brands, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that perspective was such a, a, a useful tool. I would go and see every presenter present that I could um, even if they weren 't one hundred percent comfortable with it it's sure. still again like they were talking about the movies you yeah. learn something from the good and the bad ones you 're right
1: and I love the fact you 'll take the good with the bad and you 'll still spend money on a fucking shitty movie that 's a <laughs> it 's noble of you to do that well it 's the same with
0: it 's the same with watching people do what we do present yeah. and I've gone, i 've gone for the, the beginning was as many presentations as I could get to and I always got something something from it um Moving from scotch into bourbon just gave me more to then give to the people that I was being asked to to talk with. Sure. Because if you knew bourbon, I could now build bridges from bourbon to the type of scotch. And it's the, the diversity of scotch that's always spoken to me, the different styles. Yeah. Um, I've never been like I say one brand focused. I've yeah. always had that full kind of. Well,
1: you I, I, I get the sense you're a Renaissance man. I hope that's not a derogatory I, term, but
0: the fact I'll need that to I'll need to look it up in the in a dictionary sure, to like let's just get a definition. It's a
1: semi compliment. so You don't have to shrug it off too, okay. too much. It just means I feel like you've got a deep interest in multicultures, in terms of spirits. You're not you're not pegging anyone out. Like you're open no. to learning and tasting and if being.
0: You're we're we're drinking cognac right yeah. now because if you can teach me something about cognac that I can apply. And make it relative to sure. when I'm teaching about Japanese Absolutely. whiskey. Yeah. So I've done Scotch a lot. I'm now doing bourbon as well. Yeah. And But you did ask what was the initial trigger.
1: Sure. Was is are we is there actually a specific moment for you? Uh, yeah, there's there a, is. Oh, a, okay. I remember
0: I remember trying a Lagavulin villain distillers edition, which is the sherry cask finish that yeah. they, they offer, from I think ninety four or ninety five. And that was me going, Oh I like this. <laughs> prior to that uh my friends and i had acquired 17 bottles of blended various blended scotch whiskies at a a young age during a an ill-conceived rugby club fundraising auction that allowed us to acquire these bottles um we destroyed them over a series of camping trips that summer (laughs) and it was poison it was absolute poison my body wasn't ready for it yeah um but by that like um I think it would have been, it would have been the early two thousands. I would have experienced that bottle. Yeah, and um, you still think
1: about it, the one that got away.
0: No, I didn't get away. It just it was the trigger for me going. This is amazing, and it was it was the entry point into a journey. Yeah, because I had given up alcohol, as I said, um, and I just it was a very slow journey back into it. I, again, with a more mature palate and a greater interest. Yeah, scotch gave me so much. Bourbon gave me greater ability to communicate with an American whiskey audience. And I find myself all the way up to to 2000 and, uh, let me see, three years now? So 2015, I find myself asked if um, I would be interested in applying for the job on the Suntory whiskeys. Yeah. There have been a lot of pieces moving in between. There was a lot of like great event concepts always hinged around bringing people together um, I, I got into the idea of I hated giving whiskey away so I started asking for things from the audience yeah. in order to like give them the free samples <laughs> a whole series of events called Whiskey for Words Yeah. in fact for five years with a, a couple of partners I've been running a whiskey and poetry salon in, in Los Angeles
1: really? I didn't realize that
0: so the idea is that you bring you want to come to the event yeah. I'm going to get everyone in a somewhat circle sure. again creating the illusion semi of it. circle How about no that? no it, semi doesn't work like <laughs> a, a, let's just say it's not a perfectly formed but it's a yes. circular amoebic yeah amoebic <laughs> shape and we used to throw a lot of candles in the middle and a couple of balls of whiskey and a bunch of glasses yeah. and everyone would get a glass of whiskey and I would explain the whiskey and at the point where I'd finished I would then ask people to recite poetry and once I started seeing the glasses get to the point that they were empty I would stop the poets and then I would introduce the next whiskey and this it's been going for 5 years now that's an so amazing concept it's it, whiskey for words and it's the idea is i didn't want to give away free samples
1: you do the poetry as well though yeah
0: i've never recited a poem oh that is i do en- i do enough talking at these events
1: oh see this is unfair though. well they, you can you I, have my to bring wife in a- <laughs> my wife would
0: argue my wife would argue that with you but it's honestly i it's more important that i am my role is to facilitate sure. and move keep the the feel because you know Yeah,
1: but you've got to have some creative and poetic bones in your body. I I know you. I talk. I talk a lot. There's,
0: there's, there's, there's enough words coming from me, and sometimes they have meaning. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) Um, There's no, there's no need to increase on that. But so Scotch was great, and but I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, what do I? What else can I do? Right. And this opportunity comes up, and it really triggered by the American whiskey experience. Imagine if I could. I've learned all these things things about scotch yeah learned all this about american whiskey imagine if i had the chance now to go to japan and that's where i find myself
1: i almost consider you greedy i'm sorry greedy bringing all of these things in these pillars these titans of whiskeys i'm very lucky yeah. I, i'm incredibly lucky how about so here's an interesting question yeah we understand how compliments go with the Scots. Mm-hmm. How does humility and feeling blessed and charmed and lucky, how does that fit into it? Is that something that you can easily and freely talk about?
0: Yes, well we touched we touched on Ian. Yeah. Okay. My chief blender at Suntory is Shinji Fukuyo son. Watching and listening to him. Yeah. Um has been he's he is he would, he would never accept me saying that he's an absolute rock star and yeah. in the most in the you know when the rock star doesn't actually need to say anything yep they just walk in the room and they sit and they're a presence that's who he is um, It's amazing again so many incredible teachers but the the humility that the Japanese have in in so many aspects of, right. of life and culture getting to be someone that's traveled and, and learned America mainly through my wife and children sure but now I'm traveling further, and I'm I'm observing Japan now. Santori don't—they're not going to give you. This was a, this was the bumpy first year, because I just wanted everything. I yep. wanted to know everything. Right. And there's a there's a time and place for them on when you will get you will get given the, the in due time, right? You will get given the appropriate education at the right time. And I'm still I'm still early in this journey. I'm I'm. They've known me because yeah. of I actually learn more. I learned a lot, not more, about Scotch from a gentleman called Mike Miyamoto. Yeah. Mike was the production manager at Yamazaki Distillery, production manager at Hakashi Distillery, and he was the gentleman that Suntory sent over when they acquired Morris and Bulmore Distillers. Mm-hmm. He was the gentleman that they sent over to understand what the Scots were doing from a distillation point of view. So he has a massive impact in the Japanese whiskey world, yeah. but he also has a log- long legacy on, on Scotches too. Wow. Mike had taught me a lot about understanding the distilleries that i already thought i knew but understanding them from his point of view and the japanese point of view so we already had that bond yeah now i find myself with that established relationship with the opportunity to move into the japanese whiskey and it wasn't wasn't decided i still had to go through an interview process and you know i one of the things was like you know i'm often referred to as johnny the scott mainly um my last name's not particularly Scottish-sounding, <laughs> and I played in a rugby team in Santa Monica, and there was three guys called Johnny, and they called me Johnny the Scot. So it just—it clicks. It worked, It clicks, and it's—it's it's easy, right?
1: It is. Thinking about these whiskeys, you know, you were at Seven Grand in Austin recently, and we get to try and dissect some amazing, fucking incredible, privileged whiskeys. I would have to call it that. Thinking about the lineup. Some Tory Beam, the Japanese whiskey specifically. Thinking about that line lineup, not what's not what's your favorite. That's that's a bad question. But what is the most challenging, yet rewarding whiskey that you have in the Suntory catalog? Challenging yet rewarding. Something maybe you don't get, but then when you give it a try, you so really do get it.
0: So there's not one liquid that that speaks to that for me.
1: Yeah, it's
0: a system. We touched on Scotch. Yeah. It's all tradition heritage. Sure. Okay. When I'm working on some Tori whiskeys, the beginning is always Scotch. The inspiration was Scotch. Now, there's different houses within Japanese whiskey, just like with any other whiskey category. Right. And each house has their their history and their point of view. Our story begins with our founder, Shinjiro Tori, looking at Scotland. mm and it's what he saw that fascinates me because he saw what I had missed when I started working in the industry. Mm. I was discreetly not very pouring honey in Americans' ears, implying heavily that single malt was greatly superior
1: sure.
0: to blend. And that's a common theme within the industry. Of we would course. never no brand would ever go out and say, Oh, one is better than the other. Right. But we would we can we can imply and this had been going on like the investment in brands in the u.s from scotland was all single malt driven there are great people working on blends there are great blends but yeah. the investment was always single malt driven of course tory looked at scotland and didn't see a distillery or a scale of production he saw total business <laughs> he saw everything yeah. he saw production he saw brokerage he saw blenders he saw brands yeah. being created out of famous grocery store owners I say famous not at the time he saw the whole thing and he took it back to Japan now he'd had help building the first distillery but ultimately he really clearly saw the needs of the people in Japan and what they were looking for and he saw a scale of operation he saw something in Scotland that I don't think I had seen my whole career in the industry I ignored it because I was, I was blinded by my, my role to, to promote my single malts. Yeah. And when you look at that, it was, it's amazing that you can be in the industry as long as you can and just go, I just got schooled on something by a Japanese guy. <laughs> Better that's, him than me. And that's, that's been the most like, that challenging but also rewarding yeah. piece of this.
1: That's amazing. Like
0: looking at their, their focus, their attention to detail, um, they're not trying to recreate anything. They're pursuing perfection. They don't believe they'll get there, but they're pursuing it, and and to get to see that in action, um, I am not skilled at speaking up for myself. Right? Yeah. In the way that I'm probably, it's uncomfortable. We touched on that earlier, right? There's just an uncomfortable. But if I'm like this person here is amazing, I can wax lyrical,
1: yeah,
0: about that person and why they're amazing. I can sell other people yeah. and other things mm. but it's not selling it's, it's belief right it's really amazing for me to get to do that because the, I don't think what well, they will not would not could not it's not in their nature to stand up and Absolutely roar not. about sure. who they
1: are it's almost like you guys would. it would be the perfect buddy cop movie right Cause I, the, the, the I, the I, different
0: I hope they feel that way
1: <laughs> and maybe um
0: Again, a lot of questions come up about the history and the heritage and I've got that covered. Sure, of course. And then if somebody says Scotch is better than Japanese, I'm like, really, can you explain to me what it is in Scotch? And I can... There's nobody in the US industry that I wouldn't be able to have that conversation with. Explain to me why and get to a point, not just a blanket statement. Right. I've got the credibility on both sides. So it's been amazing to learn another aspect to the whiskey business and to see how and where they're pushing the envelope.
1: Right.
0: Now, I don't know everything.
1: Of course not. Who but,
0: does? And they're not going to give me everything straight away, but we
1: are on this journey. I love that it's like, okay, you're going to get just this much, a bite-sized amount of knowledge, and then it's going to take you six months and you'll get the next bite-sized chunk of knowledge.
0: There's what they give me and then there's also what I pursue myself. Sure. Um, they're very big on hospitality if you want to understand how to behave in japan imagine you're at your grandparents house yeah. we can all it's relatable right mm-hmm. and it's it's easy for me when i'm when i'm thinking about it i just imagine my grandparents in the room yeah how do i want to behave how do i want to come across Makes sense. that's they have the same idea of hospitality and taking care of each other as if you're from any part of america we can all identify with that yeah. and scotland like there's we have these inbuilt things of just taking care of each other and respect it exists in every culture they're not aliens that's what they thrive off of
1: I think it's really important to know and to realize that we're all very similar we feel so far apart miles thousands of miles apart worlds apart but yet we all want to care about one each other we really do despite what Twitter says or Facebook so I've got two questions left for you I know this is a bustling I mean we're in the midst of a fucking Glenn Levitt activation apparently and you've got a blue led lights here right it's amazing how we were able to do this and keep our cool johnny i don't know
0: well here's the thing there's nobody from glenn levitt that could remove me from this seat
1: <laughs> you've seen them they're all about five,
0: two, five, three. There there's one guy one guy in scotland and if he wouldn't he wouldn't even have to speak he would just wink at me and i would move for him but there's nobody in the u.s market that could get me to move perfect
1: so we feel safe this is great and perhaps i'll you know i'll take a couple of these bottles off this activation wall over here in just a second but two questions you know the the first one is what would one expect i love the way you present it confronts me but it's good because then i am forced to listen and interact with you which is a brilliant mechanism of education and teaching but in the class tomorrow talking about malt i think well, how's how's that going to go? What's someone? What can someone expect in this class tomorrow? The
0: Jordan conference. Felix.
1: Jordan from uh, Westward.
0: Call it Westland. He really likes it. Oh when you my know
1: god, that. dude! I've had to. You know how many mnemonic devices I've had to do to get it straight?
0: Yeah. I believe me. Learning Japanese names. Um, they had a drinking game just for me. <laughs> yeah. That it crucified me in order <laughs> to get it right. Um, Jordan's an old friend. I've. Uh, spent a lot of time in various whiskey bars and i'm always looking for who's who's running the bar yeah and who who their apprentice is sure. and it always exists tommy close built the collection at the Multnomah whiskey library lovely place and he's a i think he's an underrecognized genius yeah um incredibly humble kind kind man i met tommy on isla on my first training more formally mm. been before many times but the first one uh tommy had asked myself and ian to take care of his guy jordan this australian kid he yeah. had working for him with this and again if it, it when when you meet someone you respect and that person finds somebody that they're going to invest in yeah it's it's special yeah of course. so jordan is is his guy and we were i were
1: actually chatting too on saturday are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so I don't know too much about Jordan at this yeah. point, other than Tommy's asked me and Ian to, to look out for him. Nice. Ian spent time formally with him in on Isla, and they've got plans to meet in the blending room uh, in our Glasgow property. Amazing. So I'm in LA. I'm in Hancock Park outside the Cheese Shop, which is an incredible place to get a cheese sandwich. I love cheese. <laughs> we'll and the phone rings, and it's you know it's middle afternoon. It's, yeah. so it's like two two thirty, so ten thirty in Scotland. And Ian's calling me. He's at his friend's birthday party in Edinburgh. He said more alcohol than will permit driving, and he's like that fucking. You call him a wanker. Well, I'm Why? sorry. I realized I just swore, so I was. I, I don't was care. Okay. Sorry. Um. Anyway, he he several expletives about this kid Jordan, and I was like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "He's in Glasgow and he can't find a hotel room." Now, what had happened was Bruce Springsteen was playing glasgow yeah on this friday night oh wow and what that meant was that jordan was the equivalent of the baby jesus <laughs> and he couldn't either couldn't find or couldn't afford a manger yeah <laughs> so ian was calling me up to say is there any chance you could stay at your parents house and i was like ah, of course so ian has got two cell phones and yeah. he calls he's got me on one and he calls my mother on the other and flips it because i'm not on a man yeah, I, I couldn't call <laughs> and he puts the two phones together and Jordan ends up getting the train out to my parents' house. It's like, you know, from the center of Glasgow, it's half an hour on the train, another 15 minutes drive, and he stays at the house. This becomes something that happens a lot. Like, bartenders that I've made connections with over the years that have planned their own trips to Scotland have gone and stayed with my parents, and it helps my parents feel a wee bit closer to me as well. My mother's incredible for hospitality. My dad's great on a one-on-one conversation, and my mother will feed you to death. So they like, they've enjoyed having... These People groups come in. But Jordan was the first.
1: No kidding.
0: He was the absolute first, and then he—I've just—I've I spent a lot of time working with over the years. He's helped me on countless numbers of seminars. When okay. he was an independent spokesperson for the whole industry sure. through his role at the library, so he takes this job and he signs up for this. Uh, it's an incredible opportunity for him. I think he's—he's he's got a real, really great road in front of him. Yeah, they're very open to. From a production side, teaching him, right. which so few ambassadors get that accessibility to the right. production team. So he's in a really good spot. He signs me up for this seminar tomorrow, and he didn't actually tell us until the end of December. <laughs> um, and we didn't actually have a discussion on the content until last week. Yeah. So he's an absolute wee shite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's you, Jordan. Who's the third?
0: Robin Nance. It's Robin. Oh,
1: amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sock and Tushin. And- Back to home with it,
0: right? Yeah, so um the irony, we've got an Australian representing America, we've got a Scotsman representing Japan, <laughs> and we have legally, she's American, but she was born in Japan <laughs> and she's representing Scotland. So I've got no idea how it's gonna go. I'm gonna other to, than like
1: I don't even know how to straighten this out.
0: Well, let's just be clear. Jordan is entirely ill prepared. He didn't <laughs> he didn't ask his co presenters whether they were gonna be involved. Yeah i actually just flew back from la i was here the beginning half of the week that's
1: right you you've been back i had an
0: event in la last night so i've flown to san antonio gone home and flown back yeah and i'm leaving tomorrow after the seminar that's crazy he's a disreputable um inefficient (laughs) clumsy um big horse of a boy um He's like this one is of
1: the, the best research ever. He's for like one of those. On he's like
0: one of those dogs that runs into trees. Yes. you know, it's really friendly and cuddly, and
1: I, 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 I love this dog. I use the dog. word doofy.
0: Yep, <laughs> covered. So he's. Um, I've got. We got on a call, and I was like, "So what's the plan?" And he said, "Um, oh well, we're you know malt focused in three countries," and I was like, "Yeah, but do you have anything revolutionary to say about malt? Because last time I checked, there's not one of us as a scientist." <laughs> we're all really good brand educators but <laughs> we're not science people we right. can't like do you have new information on malt and he, he didn't so we're gonna base it around having the six best whiskies that we could bring he's yeah. bringing two and a lot of conversation and probably me giving him a really really hard time
1: I really hope so but
0: Robin and him are gonna gang up on me it's yeah. inevitable um, big
1: personalities
0: I'm okay with it good it'll, it'll balance out
1: I think so too the last question of which Maybe this will go in a film direction. Maybe this will go in a whiskey direction. But let's just say you're sipping your favorite whiskey, one of your favorite whiskeys. It doesn't matter which one. that's That's not really the point. You're at your parents' house. And you can have a conversation and a dram with anybody, living or deceased. Who would you love to just be in a warm, hospitable place and sip a whiskey with and have an amazingly insightful conversation with?
0: Have an answer to this question um it's a kind of dinner party question that comes up sure and it's been so long since i've you've congratulations it's like throwback <laughs> tuesday um i thought you were going to go somewhere else and i was going to i'm going to slate you for it i thought you were going to what's your favorite whiskey
1: no fuck that shit um, come on
0: there's so many great and interesting people in this world sure um Richard Branson's always been someone that kind of stood out to me. Really? Yeah. Exceptional um,
1: guy. Seems accessible too. Like he'd be fun to just hang out with. He
0: actually. So strangely, I've, I've, I've been on the dance floor with him. Really. Um. I uh. And I'm gonna say ill-fated, dating experience with one of his former employees. Um, always is. In the in that she slept with most of my friends. Oh, fuck. Um, and I'm saying that because if she ever hears this, she knows who she is. <laughs> um, and my friends all know who she is as well. <laughs> yeah. Take that. Um, she worked for him, and he, was, he did a, a summer garden party series. Yeah. So everybody can't be off on the same day. Um, but he would pull all the employees in to his property, sure. south of London somewhere there would be buses leaving from all over the south of england you would come in there would be food vendors there would be a stage in the middle it'd be like it would be like going to a festival sure. right with one stage and he would have bands that he'd book to come in and he'd be on stage and he'd be in the crowd dancing and he he just seems like somebody who really knows how to make uh, connections with people yeah but he's also looking for those opportunities there's a there's a spirit in him that I think is is incredible, in that the, when you read about his story from you know selling records to right. building an airline to what he's doing with like train lines at the moment was the latest one I heard going from he's trying to do a 30 minute train line from l a. to Vegas. Jesus like he just seems like he's got it dialed in and he's got um, he's got the right people around him, so he's, he's definitely someone I, I've yeah. read a lot about, but i have I have someone else sorry. No, go ahead. Um The 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 greatest man on the planet right now for me is Sir Alex Ferguson, the former Manchester United, Manchester United, Manchester United <laughs> manager. Um, really, I think, I think he's one of the most incredible leaders of people ever created. And would you drink a jam with him? I don't think I would be drinking because I think I would be listening to anything he had to say. Yeah, he has. Look him up on YouTube. Listen to him talk. He's been involved in doing a lot of like business study courses. Right. Um, yeah. Amazing. Fer- Fergie first, and if Fergie's not available, I'll take Branson as a second.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, just you know, meager, Branson. Yeah. As a number two. Yeah. We went all over the place. I mean, this is lovely. We talked about fatherhood,
0: Scotland. It's your show. Film. You're the guide. So I know
1: it's my fault. <laughs> no. No. Brilliant. Finally getting to sit down and talk about this stuff and sip some cognac. Who would have thought? It's a whiskey conversation. We're sipping some cognac. I like that a lot and I'm glad that I get to share this bottle with you man well we
0: will have plenty of opportunities to drink whiskey but there's just one time where you can introduce me to cognac so yeah
1: I like that I like that a lot godspeed on the conversation this Saturday at the conference I will absolutely give Jordan a lot of shit don't worry is that fair? pull him apart (laughs) pull him apart (laughs) as you say blankly just throw him it's like a Rocky maneuver, right? What? It's like from Rocky 3 when you've got like Dolph Lundgren.
0: So I don't understand your accent. What did I you say before crush that? I will crush you. You will crush him? No,
1: not. Yeah, yeah. Good. I don't want to. I'm a really nice guy, but we'll see what happens. Josh. Crush him. Like sure. a worm. Perfect. Wise words. Thanks, Johnny. We'll talk soon, yeah? Cheers, man. Take care. So there we have it, Mr. Johnny Mundell. Brilliant life. Brilliant Gents, I remember the first time I met him. I was here in Austin, Texas, at seven grand for a whiskey class from Beam Suntory. Johnny is a tall, dominating figure in the classroom. He makes you feel uncomfortable, as I mentioned in the intro. He makes you feel engaged. When is he going to call on me? I mean, this is the kind of interesting context, interesting feeling that he brings to all of his education, and it's amazing. It's not an act. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. He knows so much about whiskey. And if you get the opportunity to sit in one of those classes and one of those educational seminars with him, it's just miraculous. The kinds of things you'll learn because you just are paying so much attention. So talking about his life, talking about film, talking about fatherhood, all of these amazing things. I'm Again, I apologize. It took me so long to put this conversation out. But you know what? It's a good time because Team Suntory this past week just announced Haku Vodka that they'll be making and Roku Gin. So you can see even more amazing spirits out of the Japanese distillery Suntory. So it's great timing. And you know what? Just enjoy the chat. It's a great opportunity to learn more about so many things. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G., No matter how much you're enjoying seeing Ted dance in The Good Place, or you're thinking, God damn it, I cannot now wait any longer for the new Halloween movie and Halloween season in general, please.